This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Kitchen. Call the show at 401-737-1287. No, call the show 401-777-1037. Don't listen to voiceover guy. Listen to me. 401-777-1037. Voiceover guy needs to do some redubs. Yes, he does. Um, Last night. I am the almighty kitchen, and this is my show, and you will listen to my commands. I just love that. That. Joe is tweeting out the uh, the podcast of the uh, of your show of the show of your show. Now he's getting into. Your, I'm, uh, I'm already halfway show. through, uh, and, it, and it just starts with kitchen. <laughs> That's how it should. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. I, I one mean, name I, on what, the market. What am I gonna put? Kitchen and friends. I mean, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, well, we kitchen got kitchen and, and coit this week cooking it kitchen up. Kitchen and co, kitchen and cooking, or kitchen. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I was trying to workshop it, but everything sounded like um, the. <laughs> Like live from the kitchen, I was like, "Oh, are we doing this from my bowels? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, right. Am I just gonna be ripping like farts more of a all day?" Podcast yeah. title, yeah, yeah live from the kitchen. All right, so last night we had a, a dis- kind of a disastrous win for the Celtics. It was an incredibly <laughs> frustrating game. The first half, Washington was just running all over Boston, yep. running all over them, and it was ridiculous. And Boston had very little answer. They were doing what they wanted offensively which is what kept them in the game. But defensively, it was infuriating to watch the worst team in the NBA absolutely kind of cook you for a while and have Kispert be crushing you and have Jordan Poole just dancing all over the place and hitting ridiculous threes. It was a frustrating game. Thank God for Porzingis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a rough stretch a little bit for the Celtics. Um, You've had a couple of high-profile losses. You had... And almost lost last night. Granted, what they did in the second half was significantly better up until the last three minutes of the game, where all of a sudden they allowed Washington to kind of storm back and get within, I think, four at one point. Uh, It was a really frustrating game. Really, really frustrating. And you're not going to get those type of matchups where you can just toss it into Porzingis and he can abuse the other team. You're not going to get that as you move forward. So when I was watching the game last night, I was trying to think about how, you know, is this an avenue other teams are going to attack the Celtics when it comes time for the playoffs? And I started looking at potential matchups and some of the other teams, particularly in the Eastern Conference, and then some of the teams that I think might win the Western Conference. To me, it's really, it's Denver, and if the Clippers can stay healthy, those are the two teams. I, I don't really have Minnesota there, and I don't really have Oklahoma City there. Okay. And Oklahoma City is the only one that would kind of worry me. 
with their ability to run. If you get into a finals matchup with the Clippers, you're not worried about them running on you like that. No. If you get into a finals matchup with the Nuggets, that's not your concern, is them running on you. They are masters of the half-court offense with, with Jokic and the way he plays. Totally. So I don't think that that's going to necessarily be a problem for them moving forward, but it is kind of concerning when you have the worst team in the NBA come in here and you've had a couple of losses against good teams lately and you don't just wax them, which is what they should have done. I just hate that they play down to their competition at times. I hate that I saw that game on the schedule last night and I'm like, they're not going to blow them out. This is going to be a game. This is just how they are. I, I, I hate that that happens. Um, you know, and... Look, I get the 82-game season. Are you going to play hard all 82 games, all four quarters of every single one of those games? Is there a tendency on a night where you're playing the nine-win Wizards to take a quarter off here? I I get it, okay? I get it. It, it makes it no less frustrating because um, you just even just playing a smidgen of defense in the first half. And you're not giving up 71 to the Wizards. It just, it was, they look clueless there. And it, it, you know, third quarter, they step forward. Tatum had a good second half. Um, they outclassed him with their talent. That's what they do. Um, and, and it's just, it's frustrating the, I don't know. The, I don't know if it's, if it's toughness sometimes, if it's, you know, on defense, can they be a little soft? Like, I, I I don't know. It's it's really frustrating with this team, though, because you just hate to get in a spot where it's April, May, and there's this team that goes all out for 48 minutes, and, you know, you haven't turned up the dial, you know, since, you know, I don't know, what game in March, whatever. It's, it's I don't know. I, I think they're, they're the best team in the East. They have the most talent. The, the East seems like a mess. Uh, right now, the Bucks are trending down. Um, Philly's obviously got the injury with Embiid. You know, the second-place team right now is Cleveland, which, you know, Cleveland, the Knicks, like, those are teams that, you know, the way that they play all out all the time, you know, in your face. The Celtics should beat them with talent, but that doesn't always win in the postseason. So, I don't know. They are they're a team that's got to show it to me, Ben. They, you know, as talented as they are, as much as I love watching Porzingis and the mismatches that he gets. they got to show it to me in the postseason. Yeah, they do. You know, just look at last year's Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's a perfect example. You, you overwhelmingly are more talented than them. But they were tougher than you. Yeah. They put their balls on the table, and you, it took you three games to do that. Yeah. And you didn't do it until the fourth game, and you worked your way back in, which is great, but you dug this massive hole for yourselves and you can't do that in the NBA, especially when some, the other team is tougher than you. And I think Charles Barkley, whatever it was two weeks ago was absolutely right. This team needs to be tougher, particularly Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to be tougher. Jalen Brown has sucked lately. Yeah. He's had a bad stretch. He can't shoot to save his life right now. And some of those bad dribbling habits are, you know, Rearing their ugly head again. You saw it a couple of times last night where he just gets picked. He just gets stripped right away, and that leads to a fast break for the Wizards. It was really frustrating. Now, Tatum had some of those moments, but Tatum's much better. So I don't get too bogged down. I don't worry about it too much. He doesn't get into these massive shooting slumps like Jalen Brown does. Right. 
you know, when I look forward through this team, obviously the big concern with the Celtics was, and it always has been and will continue to be, is Porzingis' health. Yep. Total key. He he is that's the A number one concern worry about this team moving forward. Yep. Number two, for me, is Jalen Brown's consistency. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can I don't think they can win a title if Jalen Brown is continually being this inconsistent and having these long stretches where he's just just a nothing from behind the three point line. An absolute yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um and I, you know, I don't know how you feel about, you know, the way that they attack offensively sometimes too, Ben. But, you know, another concern I put on the list is just the volume of three-point shooting. I, I just, I know it's today's NBA. I know you have guys that can knock them down, but I just, I don't like living and dying by the three sometimes. And I feel like they do that too much. And there's, there's nights where you're like, okay, like I think we were talking about on the first show, like the Denver game. Yes, they lost. But I liked the way that they sort of game-planned for it. It had a playoff feel to it. It didn't feel like too much in terms of the three-point shooting. I feel like they attacked what they need to attack with Denver. Um, you know. But every other night, it's like sometimes they'll just shoot and shoot and shoot. And it's like, it ain't falling. Figure something else out. Go hoop. I think Tatum did that in the second half last night, which was nice to see. Um but I, I don't know how you feel about the offense, but I just, uh, I don't know. It bothers me when I see too much three-point shooting. It is, it is frustrating. Last night, you know, th- they killed them in the paint. Yeah. They killed the Wizards in the paint, and that was poor Zingas. And yep. Jason Tatum, you know, having good opportunities to drive and jam it at the rim when he got there. Like, there were moments of that, and it was also, you know, just really bad defensive moments from the Wizards, and all of a sudden, um, uh, Drew Holiday is just wide open. For no reason underneath right. the hoop. Like, you were playing it against a bad team. And you're, times. and you're right. Like, just the playing down to your competition is incredibly, incredibly oh, frustrating. I hate, I hate it. And you expect it. And this is a different Celtics group. This isn't the Marcus Smart Celtics group. This is, I mean, he's out of the way now. I still put, I put it on Tatum and Brown. This is their team. And so it's, it is, it is, now that it's carried over here into this new mix, this new group. It's on them to me. It's like you need to get your guys to show up and and beat these guys and blow them out so that you don't have to show up late in the second half, so that you don't have to play, so that if you're up by 30 in the third quarter, you can sit Porzingis so you can put him in his glass case so that he's ready for April. There's something to that. Well, that's why I wanted them to little bit. That's why I wanted them to get more size at the deadline. Now there's still the buyout opportunity where you can get some size. Tillman doesn't do it for me. He's a nice defensive player, but when you're shooting worse than Chris Dudley at the free throw line, (laughs) yes, I know I brought up a name from 1994. When you're shooting worse than him, there's something really, really wrong. And he's he's six eight. He plays bigger than he is, but I needed more size. Cornette so, gives you energy and everything like that, but good lord, the guy cannot read a basketball off of a shot. He has yeah, no concept or no clue where the hell a rebound is going to go, and he's yeah. always out of position. He tries hard, and you like that and you respect it, but he he's just clueless sometimes. Yeah, I, I think something's coming in the in the buyout market. I don't know who, I don't know where, but I, I yeah, I I would be worried if you're going. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to play that too much because I like your top six in your rotation. But if Luke Cornett's playing minutes in the playoffs, 
off the bench as a seven or eight guy, I'm worried. And at the end of every quarter, for the last five seconds, just put Peyton Pritchard in there, <laughs> give him the ball, and let him chuck it from I over know, the half court so line. Disappointed that the third quarter uh, shot didn't uh, count. Yeah, yeah that place shot. exploded too. No, it was awesome. Oh man! All that right, was great. That's our that's our Celtics talk for the week. Uh, we got one last call on the line. We will take it, but I just I caution you, caller. Just get right to it. Just tell us immediately why we're dumb and you're smart as it pertains to the Patriots. Forty five seconds, Mac. You on the forty five seconds, Max? Stephen Fall River, go. I don't pretend you're dumb. I'm going to just remind you. You just know we're dumb. That- no, I don't say that. If you, but if you do say you want to tackle or an offensive lineman with this first pick, you are beyond dumb. I never said that. Guess, never guess, once well, came out of my mouth. Neither I of us said that. Joe Thune, the highest paid whatever, fifth round draft pick, is out for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you saw the game, his replacement, who apparently is a five-year backup, did admirable. Yeah. It, it's, he's a non-factor. Right. That gives Kansas City cap space next year because you don't need now Joe Thune. We had the same issue here in New England. We lost Damon Woody, who mm-hmm. was pushed out of his center position, I might add, by a rookie and went over to God. And Ross Hochstein came in, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer guy, I can't think of his name, defensive tackle, said, ah, this Ross Hochstein's no good. They won a Super Bowl with Ross Hochstein. They didn't need Damon Woody, who went on to get a lot of money somewhere else. Memo to the Patriots, uh, Everett Wolf, whatever the hell your name is. <laughs> you take, you take skill positions. You find a tackle down the line after. All right, good. Listen, nice job. Jeff. One of the all-time, you know, passable Stephen Fall River calls. I was gonna say all-time great, but he actually worked good under pressure. No, that was good. I think we need to just install. If he wants to keep calling in, and there's a shot clock on him, and he gets right to it. I'm good with him. I got no problem running the shot clock, boys. That no was problem Steve. At all. God bless you, Steve. Golf clap for you. And Steve, I agree. Yeah, we both agree. Yep, we both agree. <laughs> we both agree. You can go, you know, spend some money on Tyron Smith. Have I him think, for a year or two. I think what he was referring to, he wasn't referring to us. I think he was referring to there was a report out there that, yeah, you know, if Elliot Wolf was the guy making the decisions, that he would lean toward taking offensive lineman or taking a tackle. Like, how do you know that? I don't know. How do you know what he's going to do? It's two months away, and he hasn't been in charge. Like, why are we assuming that? Why are we just – I don't know. I I didn't take that report for much. We'll see. There's a long way to go before the draft. Combine, individual workouts, quarterbacks are going to be there. Like, there's a long way to go. We'll see. And the Red Sox are about to report, and nobody cares. God. Yay. Sad state of affairs. Hey, you know what? You Run know the Red what, Sox. Ben? You know what, Ben? You're a liar. What? You're a liar. What? You don't think we care and we're not giving an all-out effort to go full throttle to build the Red Sox? You're a liar. Was anyone there at Truck Day? It used to be a crowd. I don't know. I think there was three people there. Yeah. And they all work for the team. Yep. Probably. Yikes. You know you know it's a bad thing when the highlight of your offseason is an addition to the ownership group. Yep. That's not good. Nope. And if people want to sit here and go, yay, Theo's back, doesn't mean a whole lot. It'll mean something in a few years when Theo gets his group together and buys the Red Sox. Yeah. But right now, it doesn't mean anything. I'm uh, I'm see, pretty convinced that that's what you're on. Yep, you're on the same kind of wavelength that I am with that one. Yeah, I, I think he I and Gordon are trying to 
put a group together, and in two, three, four, five years, they'll buy out Henry and Warner. And then we can spend again. And they're already a part of the ownership group now, so they only just have to buy out that part of it, which right. is the majority of it. Right. And Theo doesn't have that kind of money. I don't know how much money Gordon has, but that that's, to me, that's the hopeful future. Because mm, if Theo is running the entire thing, I think we all feel a hell of a lot better. But right now, when he has less than 2% of an ownership stake, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Right. All right. Um, that's that. We somehow pigeoned in uh, a little bit of Red Sox, so you're welcome, everyone out there who desperately <laughs> has been waiting for us to talk Red Sox. Uh, we got it in there. Coming up next, we've got a little bit of a producer's lightning round followed up by the producer's question of the week with Joe Passarelli. That's next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 